0: Yeah. You know that the 4th of July is coming up. It's right around the corner. going on, everybody? We are back. Welcome back to the Brothers-in-Law Podcast. As always, it's your boy, Jesse McCoy, and I'm joined by the world's foremost leading legal humorist, Sean Carter. How are you doing, man? Uh, it's,
1: been, it's been a rough few weeks, brother. Rough. rough. And you know what? Um, I hope uh, that um, June or July is... Only half as bad as June. Let's put it that way. Is that going to But hopefully, because if, if it gets worse, I mean, every month this year seems like it got, I remember the good old days when it was just Kobe dying. As <laughs> <laughs> sad as that it sounds, it's been rough. Uh, how, how you doing? Um, how's North Carolina doing, by the way, with the Roro? How y'all doing with that?
0: Um, uh, we are spiking. Uh, <laughs> so we were one of those places that we were really on top of it before. And then people stormed the Capitol with guns. And then we right. were on top of it. And now I think people are regretting storming the Capitol with guns <laughs> because we're spiking. But, um, people are still going to the beach and still celebrating and they're still in the streets protesting. Uh, one of the things that were big for us in the past couple weeks is <laughs> Uh they started yanking down these Confederate statues and I personally I'm breathing a lot better now that I have free oxygen that's not oppressed uh, <laughs> from the state capitol. Um uh, the 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 interesting thing is they couldn't get the the uh statues down, but the state ended up seeing all the damage that was done and trying to get them down and getting right. cranes. To come and pull them down. And when they finally pulled the, the uh, statues down, they found what appears to be a time capsule from 1894. Mm. So the governor has sent this time capsule to our North Carolina museums to open up and see what's going to happen. And I've been on the horn telling people, do not open this. This is going to be the most racist stuff that you've <laughs> ever seen. The spirit... Of
1: of Jefferson Davis, Oh! No. <laughs> so we um, go, you before know. we get into that, I do want to say as far as our our rural report, I gotta give it to my state. We're four in education, but we're number one, new deaths yesterday, we che <laughs> California. This is impressive. I remember I posted earlier in the week on Facebook how we were going to tear up. Everybody's like, "Now nah, Florida, Texas, Florida, Texas. No, right. you football. This is, this is, this is, this is a pandemic. We got pandemic. We can't play football or basketball, but we got pandemic. We 88 yesterday, alright? And let me give you an example. California had 83, but California has 40 million people. Mm. Alright? Russia times more people at least, and we still whooped them. Texas? I only have forty five. You punk asses! Look at you. In Florida, y- y'all don't know stupid like we do. All right, that's all. I'm about. USA, Arizona, Arizona I USA. it. Like, I call like it Corona zona, right? We got the Corona, alright Y'all can deal with that. You keep that SEC stuff. We got. So, all right. So I think y'all. you on the
0: uh, the New York, New Jersey
1: band list, like we are. Exactly. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, now look at North Carolina, y'all ain't shit. Uh, <laughs> This ain't college basketball. Y'all only did eighteen yesterday. Hell, seventeen people died died from colds and athletes foot yesterday. (laughs) Y'all ain't even trying.
0: Nah, we're just filling up hospital beds, but we have really good hospitals, so (laughs) it
1: balances out. Man, man, that, that's, that, that's the crazy part is, my, my son came to me yesterday, one of my, my and, uh, and, and, you know, one of the ones I like, and he was, uh, and he was, man, I, he had he, something was wrong, and something, and something, some, I was just like, man, whatever you got, um, you gonna have to, if robot testing can't handle it, it ain't gonna get handled. Right, uh, They're no to go to. You, you know, they do it hospitals now, and, uh, whatever you got, you know, your 16 year old problem ain't gonna make it. Right, right. <laughs> You ain't gonna get Absolutely. you're gonna get admitted, um, and then we gonna all get roll row. So you gonna have to you gonna have to just tough it out.
0: Absolutely, it's not time to be getting hurt. No,
1: no, no exactly. Oh, oh, please. That's that's a hilarious part. Is you know, I, I don't I, I don't even watch basketball just in case I might pull something right. It like <laughs> – I might be watching old NBA stuff. Uh um, let's get to you back sir. I got so I got you distracted. Um uh, how, cause We don't have a lot of Confederate statues here. So y'all got most of them. Um, oh, yeah. Uh how many have you personally hung up on, on the wire?
0: Um well, I haven't touched any. I have been watching it from the comfort of my own home. Um <laughs> What what's interesting here is people were pulling down these statues, but then they decided to drag them through the street and hang them by a noose from the power line. And I think that's a mixed signal. Like I can't figure out if they were with me or against me. It was um, suicide. It's suicide.
1: It was suicide, right? Suicide. No need to investigate. Right. No need to, uh, it was these statues hung themselves. They probably had you know lost a job in the row row You know. It's just right. like, well, yeah. and I, and I, That's you know, we're starting to get down a lot of these, um, st- statues we had in Arizona. We, we don't even have a statue, but, but let's give them a little con, give them a little context. I think most of them have on federal statues because I understand that people have a very, um, deep and abiding tradition with them. These statues have been, statues have been up in many cases as many as like 60 years. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, ours, because we were part of the actual beginning of the Confederacy campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. we have statues that started in, I believe, 1894 is the first okay. set. Uh, and then the rest of them were usually erected somewhere in the 1916 to 1930s period. You know, ripe Jim Crow preservation, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right at that period. Uh, and so, what we are seeing now is there are factions of people who are coming out, waving Confederate flags, of course, who are saying, hey, you're tearing down a part of my heritage. Right. This is my family. They fought for that flag. Yada, 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 yada. And you have other people who are saying, OK, well, the bulldozer's coming so you can move. <laughs> <Good play>. Um <laughs> And so anyways what people are failing to realize is these statues have very very little to do with the actual uh civil war. First off, even if they did, you're on the losing side that were the traitors. So right. it's very important to understand that because you wouldn't erect an Osama bin Laden statue at the Twin Tower site. It's that just some right? things you don't do. Um That's a but, great like that one. <laughs> Uh, on, on top of that, the other thing that people aren't understanding is the statues didn't have anything to do with honoring Confederate dead in the first place. They were all about emphasizing and buttressing all of the segregation, all of the discrimination, all of the lynching, all of the white supremacy that these states decided to implement, not in the 1860s during the war. No, Thank no, you. no, no, no. They waited until the federal troops left after reconstruction because they got their friend in the white house i'm not saying that that's ironic to what's going on today i'm just saying that once they got the president they wanted in the white house and he says well i'm taking all the federal troops out of the south y'all can do what y'all want he knew exactly what they wanted to do Right, right and they put up the statute so they could go and start beating my ancestors hanging my ancestors discriminating against my ancestors and they know that right so because of this, there's been this push to get the statues down. And what I'm seeing in North Carolina is that people seem to be like people who have been against removal of the statues for 40 years. All of a sudden, because of everything that's happened in this movement after George, uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Now, statues are not really a big concern for them. They're like, oh, yeah, by any means, go after the statues and leave the police officers alone. So, so yeah. what we're trying to do is multitask uh and kill two birds with one stone.
1: Right. Well, mm-hmm. now and remember, now in your case, it, you know, is it, no one has a good claim to the federal statutes for the reasons you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, by the way, people are running you know, wearing the you know are still you know hoisting the Confederate flag and all that. I'm like, you know, what? I have never seen a Prussian flag. Um. I, I, I there was a, a place called Prussia for for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, mm-hmm. There's the an empire that you know just like left us after the Second World War, right? Um, they or maybe the First World War, they were around like seven hundred years. Uh, you don't see a lot of uh, their flags, but somehow this thing that lasted, it didn't even last as long as um, what's happening. All right. The TV <laughs> Your nation wasn't even the oldest rerun, right? But somehow, you still holding on to this flag. And here's the point is, at least you guys were part of the war. Arizona has eight Confederate monuments. We weren't even part of the Union. Mm. Our, our, our monuments can't even go back to individual Arizonans who died in the conflict because we don't even have that, right? We didn't have to talk about, well, to all those other people, alright, from, from other states, right. You know, and the interesting thing is our, our monuments, of course, go way, way back to nineteen. Let's see, sixty one. These were, in our case, a monument. And remember, Arizona has this history. Remember the last state with Dr. King, right? right? Where their thing was with Arizona was, you know what? We need to establish our racism credit, and we unfortunately don't have the good history of lynching, right? right. That that they have in North Carolina. We haven't had the slavery. But you know what, we're gonna to try to at least establish a little bit of racist cred, um with, 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 with these statues, and then we're gonna of course be the last holdouts with Dr. King. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And this isn't even young Dr. King, this is, this is vintage, like, <laughs> classic, I have a dream speech Dr. King with y'all Oh uh, really, right?
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know, exactly. So what we have is, uh, we have, let's see, I'm looking here. We have, uh, Jefferson Davis Highway Marker. We have, uh, the Robert E. Lee, uh, East Robert E. Lee Street. Um and then, uh, I love this. We have, um, a Confederate Monument, two of them, in, 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 a place called, uh, Pikachu Peak. Uh, or Pikachu. Pikachu. I don't know if there's a Pokemon thing. I don't know what the hell it is. But I don't know what it is. <laughs> All the Pokemon were on the Union side, alright, in the Civil War. I do know that. I saw that in my history book and on, uh, you know, uh, in, in the Pokemon, uh, of anime. I know that they were not on the side of racism. This is how stupid our stuff is, right? It's like, right. It, it's just, uh, a a, 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 you know, i a nod, uh, to, uh, the, the, the racism. We did talk about hanging and nooses. We gotta talk about your boy Bubba. Yeah, Bub, so
0: I've reached out to Bub a few times. Bub, if you're listening, please get back with me, man. We're trying to have you on the show because I reached out to him um about a month ago when I was like, look, it's just interesting to see a black person that's in NASCAR. I know that's gotta be uncomfortable and have and present his own set of challenges. But since that time, not only do we find out about the challenges, but we also see that NASCAR looks to be responsive in a way that we expected NFL or the NBA to be. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know, uh, there was a, well, arguably a noose that was found in Bubba, Bubba Wallace's garage uh, area.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: there are some issues with the noose. Issue number one is people are saying that it's not a noose. It's actually a door opener. I don't know about you guys. I don't tie nooses to open up the doors in my house, but perhaps to ah. eat his own. Uh, <laughs> secondly, uh, people are saying that this noose predated Bubba's uh, um, use of that particular garage. But the problem here is that nobody else complained about it until the black guy got it. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it's just a matter of coincidence or it's a matter of oh we set it up and we assigned this garage to Bubba and we knew he was gonna see it. It is a
1: um, weird. I mean, that's about a two percent chance. I think it's like fifty, you know, spots, and and so it'd be it's strange that he got you know that and at this time. But on the other hand, Bubba wasn't the one who noticed it. One of his you know crew right. crew members, were, I imagine, the white guy, uh, I noticed it. Uh But they've been, you know, I'm sure they've been looking for bombs and everything else because Bubba came out and put Black Lives Matter on the car. On the car. And I'm impressed with that, particularly from a white ally like Bubba Wallace.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he put Black Lives Matter on the car. Then on top of that, let me tell you the steps that NASCAR, because I promise I'm at least going to watch one NASCAR race this year. So NASCAR won. Banned the use of the Confederate flag. Now I don't know right. how many of you all live near NASCAR tracks or anything like that, but uh, we have NASCAR tracks in North Carolina. Uh, we don't go near them on race day. Like it's nothing. Thank you. The right uh, so, so the the removal of this created such a firestorm amongst people who were like, I'm canceling my season tickets. I'll never go to a race again. Blah, 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 blah. And I thought, OK, NASCAR's going to hear this blowback. They're going to, you know, change and try to be more accommodating. They know they don't have black people coming to these races. But then NASCAR did the extra step of having all of its drivers grab Bubba Wallace's Black Lives Matter car and carry it. To the front pole position, right? Which it was an amazing show. I mean, like, if if they were doing this just to gauge heartstrings, they killed it. Right. Because Bubba's crying. He gets out. He's hugging all the other drivers. They're all white. We've already seen that this Confederate flag has come down. It really was a show of unity. And I thought to myself the whole time that I'm watching it, beyond thinking that this is just a great step for NASCAR. I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, Bubba Wallace is one, not even one full black guy. He's, he's a half a black guy and NASCAR and NASCAR shifted the entire way that they do business to accommodate him. We got leads in the NFL and the NBA. The were being called out of their name and they've been disrespected at the most, at the highest levels by the president of the United States. And these people are still going out. And still not kneeling, they're doing everything Jerry Jones told them to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And and they carry so much more power than Bubba Wallace. Let me tell you why.
1: Because and I told you before, Bubba Wallace is a white man. All right, I told you <laughs> this. All right, you got $10, I want to see some twenty three and me. I'm gonna tell you how I know Bubba Wallace is a white man. One, he like you said, he got all these white people to do stuff that's not in their financial interest. Right? only white right. man other white people in the, think about it, that's Trump, right? He trick people in the-, <laughs> <laughs> you okay. how the other thing is, is because uh Bubba ain't won a race yet. Uh he's been there five years. Uh, Tiger Woods, uh he won his fifth tournament. Not five years, the fifth tournament. He he won his first masters. You know about uh, Venus and Serena. Arthur Ashe. Mm-hmm. I- when he, his first year uh, is a pro tennis player, he won both the Collegiate National Championship and the U.S. Open. Because, see, when you're the only black person, you got to win like that. Absolutely. But if you're a white man named Bubba, you can be, all right, uh, in your 40s and be over 48 and be okay. His top finish is number seven. You understand, Renee, my wife, finished eighth in that race. She was driving a and made a pit stop at Costco. All right. That is uh-huh. That is how nice. sorry Bubba stuff is. And so Jesse, you have him on the show, but I and I don't mind having on brother in law, but I am gonna put in the caption brothers in law and white man. All right, because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is a white man and, and I ain't mad at you, Bubba. You know, you know, you you a good ally. You've got your heart in the right place, but until you start dominating some stuff, uh you're gonna to have to you you i must say uh, you gonna eat pumpkin pie. You you can't eat sweet potato pie if you owe in forty eight as a black man. I am promise. All right? you I a black- in, in a race, Jesse? In a race? I, shit, Bubba should win without the goddamn car as a black man. Sure going <laughs> to goddamn cars and, and that car That's all I'm saying.
0: Uh,
1: well, Bubba, if you're listening, we still have to have <laughs> you And Jesse was trying to avoid that man. I know he wanted it. Let me tell you something for y'all about something, to Jesse. Jesse's the best black man in America, all right? Because... <laughs> I don't care what the story is, all right. Jesse gonna root for you until yeah. you mess up, all right. And, and by the way, twice, all right. You gonna have to mess up twice <laughs> 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 before Jesse gonna say nothing, anything, all right. Jesse was the last black person defending Kanye West, all right. Jesse gonna have
0: you back. <laughs> still hoping for his return. That's <laughs> how. <laughs>
1: do <laughs> wrong, you know. If you if, if just would just, you know, I'm almost willing to make this compromise with Yeezy. Just don't talk about politics no more. All right, and I won't. Right. You haven't even denounced Trump. Just stop talking about it. Right, right. Right. Um, you know, and, and and you know, and 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 and, and give me, you know, a, a beat from you know college dropout, and I'm fine.
0: <laughs> well, that shit still... <laughs> I don't
1: know. To... <laughs> uh, speaking about symbols of inequality and and, and 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 um, I guess we do have to talk about uh, what's happened with um some of our favorite um breakfast foods and cereals and and, and staples.
0: Yes. So uh, Quaker Brands, who pretty much own anything that you eat, uh, <laughs> have decided. That they are going to take the revolutionary radical step of removing <laughs> black people or black uh, caricatures from their products. Now, if you're not familiar, uh, their products include Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. So the first issue that we have is who came up with the bright idea? to slap a black person on the box, to insinuate that the food was somehow better quality than the competitor. Um <laughs> That has always been a point of fascination for me. Um And I was a fan of Mile, I'm not gonna lie. I, I love the pancakes, but I don't think they're that much different than Bisquick or anybody else's pancakes. Um I used to think I was supporting because right. I thought it was a black person's company. And uh, then I was sadly mistaken when I got educated about who Aunt Jemima is. So I want to kind of give you a brief overview of who Aunt Jemima is. And it's probably going to make you upset because uh, the same story can be applied to Uncle Ben and the same story can be applied to the cream of wheat man who's been missing for a couple years. Right? But Aunt Jemima is a character that was based on someone who was a slave and then who after they received their freedom, uh, was working as a homemaker or a home servant for a white family. Okay. And what they did to make it to embed it in American culture, they had actual black people who they hired but didn't pay to be Aunt Jemima and talk like a slave and go on tour on behalf of Quaker brands or whatever the subsidiary was before right. it became Quaker brands. Uh, <laughs> many of those, I think one of them you know, has family members who is still trying to get access to the money, but they were notorious about not paying these people. Um, and the other thing that you have to understand, too, there's a reason why Aunt Jemima looks the way she looks. And scholars have written papers on this. But the concept is simple. One of the things that America never wants to accept is that when there was a time when black people had to work, black women particularly, had to work in white households. They put up with a lot of sexual harassment and oftentimes a lot of sexual assault. And one of the reasons that that happened was because black women, as we all know, are the most beautiful creatures on earth. Right. So because of this, They were always jeopardized and always forced into these positions. And it wasn't a time where you could go to the police. It wasn't a time where you could fight back. It wasn't a time where you could really do anything because in those times, white people were in control. And what they did was they tried to basically distort the image of black femininity to be obese, unattractive, ugly to sell an image so that white women, who are married to these men had oh. nothing to worry about when oh. the black woman was coming over to work, raise your kids, right? Feed your husband, feed your family. It was to sell an image all to maintain white male superiority.
1: Oh. So and that makes total sense. We saw that in, um, what was it? 12 years of slave when, uh, the, 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 the white master's wife, uh, was always trying to beat, or uh, have Lapita beat. Because she was so fine, right? And she was obsessed. Okay, I get that. I get that.
0: makes sense? Absolutely. And this was part of a vaudeville act. So this, this caricature, it's, it's, uh, the, what they call the mammy character. Right. It's always the person that's going to be jovial. It's the person that makes it seem like slavery's not a bad thing. It's the person that makes it seem like, oh, I'm happy, you know, doing, doing your dirty laundry. I'm happy doing your cooking. So, This was very intentional for Quaker to even put her on their packaging in the first place. And it's not like they did it to expand people's acceptance of black people because they weren't paying these people. right? (laughs) So they did it to exploit a situation that they knew good and well was not in favor of black people, was actually against black people. And somehow the death of George Floyd has encouraged them to reevaluate. A symbol they've been using at this point for about a hundred years.
1: Right, and and, and I'm I'm happy they're they're doing. I'm not well. I'm not happy, but I'm just. I mean, it's it's neutral to me. Uh, I I I feel that you know all the problems that they're facing, black people. Um, you know that's how do I say it? That that's not exactly the top of them, right? That wasn't the one (laughs) I thought was really which way? Very seldom at night that I wake up at two in the morning with a sweat and go. You know what? I, I know my son might be out there, but what I'm really worried about is, you know, are we out of answer mine? Like, you know I, don't <laughs> know, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I I get it, um, but it is nice that there's least some changes make people think about changing some attitudes about some things. This goes along with the idea to also try to think about rebranding things, like some of the uh, U.S. Uh, military forts and bases uh, that are named after white supremacists, like almost all of them. All right. Uh, Now, here's (laughs) the thing that's crazy to me, though, uh, about that. Two things about it. One, and explain this to me, because first, one of the things I want to do also, in addition to that, is like rename John Wayne Airport in Orange County, California. And of course, I think Orange County losing their minds, right, with John Wayne. And and here's the thing that's amazing about it. Two, one, John Wayne wouldn't have stepped foot in Orange County. Because back in his day, Orange County was the the, the farm. It was it, he was a rich Hollywood actor, right? It'd be like asking you know him to go to to to, to you know what Tupelo, Mississippi, right? But but more importantly than that, here's the weird part is, and this is why I don't get why are either U.S. military bases, but particularly airports, naming themselves after people for free? No, seriously. Think about it. every stadium in this country has changed its name. Over the last 10 years to be named on a naming branding race, right? There's, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the, the, you know, every stadium here in, for instance, in um, Phoenix, we have the uh, University of Phoenix Arena. We have the US Air, uh, or now American Airlines Arena. I'm sorry, now it's not the Talking Stick Resort. And that Talking Stick people pay 10, 20, 30 million dollars. For the right to have their name on top of the thing. Now think about it. Airport. It's more often, if people go to airports, like a Charlotte airport, why is that just called, um, the, the, what is it called? What's it called like anyway? Douglas. 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 Douglas ain't paying shit. All right. Why don't they sell those and, and rename them? And you know what? Then I say, fine. You know what? If you want to pay $30 million, you could put, the goddamn, um, you know, George Wallace airport if you want to. All right? <laughs> But, but as long as I got some money for education, I can live with that. But this idea that you are stuck on this name for these forts and, and whatever of these, you know, people, I love this, you know, U.S. forts named after the generals that fought against them. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. How ignorant is that? You know, what were we gonna have? A Rommel? Uh, 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 Hiro, uh Hirohito? Um, of course, <laughs> we don't have names after, you know, Japanese and German enemy, you know, enemy generals. But somehow. Ho Chi Minh to...
0: Airport. What? Ho Chi
1: Minh Airport. There we go, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's just amazing to me that somehow, you know, this is the thing that they're, they're, they're willing to, to fight. Um, You know, we should have a video here. Of, um, I, wanted, I guess i could go through it here. We have a woman, and you know more about the situation than me, but it happened at Fort Bragg. So I think it's a good way to tie into here. It's another instance, people, of what of, we see every week: um, white people not knowing how to mind a damn business.
0: Right. Some somewhere along the way, being black has become a crime in and of itself, including in Wilmington.
1: Oh, well, you mean you act like that wasn't always the case? <laughs>
2: You gotta stop screaming this. No, shit. you get the back down. I don't want anything hey, to do on. with you. Don't rip the court! No. Nope. Okay. Oh, you better kill that. Here. Hey, just stop calling them that. Let him go. Just go inside. Look, we can I will never a black person ever in my life. Get the down. And he's like taking a picture of the right. Because
1: you're being ridiculous. No, because he's stupid. No, and he's that he ridiculous. wants something to do with it. Right, here. No. yeah. I don't think it was boy. Now, didn't she get fired or something
0: from her job for that? Um, I don't remember on this one. I, I I, don't even remember much detail about the story because the video itself was taken by the black soldier. Right. Who was there. He was taking the video. As you can see, I don't know who the guy is that's with her, but the guy with her is, is trying to get her to go back into the house. He's trying to, he's exercising all kinds of calmness. Uh, so, so I'm sure if this was a conversation that happened behind the closed doors, he'd have been all for it. But ah. he was like, this guy's a soldier. He really might bust my head. Ah.
1: So yeah. that has been to me the development that, that that, that I think is, is most important. Yes. I'm sorry, this woman was evicted from her apartment. Right? Yes. She, she got, got evicted and, 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 and the thing that, you know, a lot of these videos have gotten people fired. We had the woman in Central Park, right? Yeah. But I've seen a shift recently, and I want to warn white people about this. Um, you might get fucked up. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. Um, with, there's a great video and we, of a sister. You can go on the Blood and Law page and see it because Jesse didn't got it up there. Of a Absolutely. sister, a woman, a uh, white woman in, um, in in, I don't know where, I think it's from in the northeast. Um, kept call, she called it N-word a few times and the sister told her and then the yes. sister came through. Woo! It was went, bad. Woo, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I like the sister the way she turned that left over. And then just, you know, drove with the right. She was bouncing. Um, you don't want to mess with that I, I, I can tell you, I don't think Deontay Wilder wants no part of this system. <laughs> I, I don't. Sister, you out there, whatever you got to say, you got that. I ain't messing with you, sister. Sister was um, bad. Uh, and we're seeing a lot more of that. I saw a video today, Jesse. It blew my mind. Sister is in a bar. It's Florida, I think, of course, and it's Florida, Right. Right. And so she got a mask on. One woman's yelling at her. She doesn't have a mask on. She's yelling, sister, sister, like, stay back, social distancing, stay back. Right. In the background, like five or six feet away, you can see your brother at the bar. And I don't like looking at this brother like, what is wrong with you? You know, the branch was trying to get between these women. Uh, the white the woman's husband comes over. He starts yelling. He's also trying to hold off both of them from the sister. And the brother's just sitting there calmly drinking his drink.
2: hmm
1: and I'm thinking, what is wrong with this trifling Negro? Right. And you can see at some point he finishes his drink, turns around, and busts the white man in the head with the bottle. With the bottle. And I was like, damn. This brother was like, look, uh, this is going to be my last drink for a while. I'm about to <laughs> I'm to pay $9 for it. I ain't going to sit here and then not drink my drink. He drank right. his drink. And then hit the deal with the, uh, I, it, there is a, a, a new militancy, uh, that, that's, that's arising, um, that will get your ass whooped. I and mean, there's just no way, better way to put it. Um, and so I'm going to yeah. encourage you, as we always say, uh, mind your business.
0: In in the immortal words of Miss Seeley from the color purple, uh, not Miss Seeley, over Winfrey from the color purple, mm-hmm. all my life. <laughs> that's funny. All my life, I had to fight, and that's the thing. Like people don't understand it's it's all good when you're on your computer at home uh-huh. and you got a security system, you know, like that's great. But when you in gas stations, when you in public places that we all have to frequent, uh, it's probably not the time to be flappy your list. It's certainly not a time to be using the n word. We've had shows where we told you all the n word is a doozy that'll get you quick. Uh, this system to me actually exercised. A great deal of restraint and warning, like like right. telling her, "Hey, you just said this. Call me one one more time." That wasn't an invitation. I thought she gave me. her too too many. Warnings. I thought she gave her too many warnings. Too <laughs> many. Well, it wasn't supposed to be interpreted as an invitation to do it again. Right, it's quite right, right. Mis- uh But it you almost
1: know. like the sister was like, I want to make sure I got this document right. Right, right. I got I need confirmation. And she might have slurred it the first time, like, right? Maybe sure <laughs> the hard R out. She wanted to make sure, that like, you know, spell that for me, right? Like, I want right. to make sure I got this down. So when I would, so when I I'd explain this to a jury, if it's a black woman jury, they go, yeah, well, that's what happened. Yep.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And and you're seeing, you're right. I think there's a rise of militancy, and I think it's all interrelated. Because we also know that calling the police is not an option for us, right?
1: <laughs> it's not like
0: we can say, oh, this, this person is disrespecting me and attempting to assault me. Let me call the police who are going to rush in and value my life and save me from this situation. No, 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 no. So you have to be able to handle it and be prepared to handle it on your own. And that's something that as black people we've built a country on our own. This is what we do. <laughs> this is what we're prepared for.
1: Um, and also I don't get this idea people have to understand this, all right? You do understand that people who like Miss Seely oh, Miss Oak, Miss Sophia, all my life I had to fight, uh didn't lose all the fights. This fight, <laughs> like all these people who are starting to fight. We saw this in, 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 a, in a different situation involving a gay brother. Oh yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. the guy, I'm like you. I, you you don't fight. You understand that a gay brother had to deal with racism and homophobia. Oh. You know how much he's had to fight. Even if if, 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 if the weakest, all right, of those brothers is still gonna whoop your eggs. or at the very, absolutely. all right. And I like the way. He was on the phone. He was trying to get the suspender thing on, you know, make sure you get his his thing on. And, 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 and then the guy called him the the F word and just boom, right? I don't even know how he did it. He must have three hands because he had two hands busy. (laughs) Bam, right in the mouth before the other guy even knew it. And this guy must have been drunk because he was like, Oh no, I'm gonna take you out now. And the sweetest move ever. You saw it. The the guy, the gay guy just stepped to this, to the left and wham, one shot. Now yeah. the, the, the 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 straight guy is is laying on the ground with his ass in the air. All right, and, <laughs> and then the other gay guy comes in with, with with a punch that fortunately missed him, and the two of them walk out like they like like you know yep, our business is done here. they like we're done. Yep. And I was like, I mean, damn. Yeah. All right. And, and and I realized you know don't mess with people. All right. Who all their lives have had to fight.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the crucial part that I don't want to gloss over is in both videos, the people walked out. They didn't run out fearing for their life. Right. They didn't run out fearing the police. As a matter of fact, Sister was like, oh, go ahead and call them. Tell them hold what her. I did.
1: <laughs> oh, no, She was like holding the white woman before the police. Like, I'm a hold <laughs> the police when they get By the way, Amber, I bet you that Sister, uh, left before the police got there. Absolutely. Absolutely she did. Yeah. So, you know,
0: we're seeing the changing of of the paradigm. I think, you know, there's always been this moment that I was waiting for black people to get angry. Right. Black people are some of the most patient, intelligent, beautiful people in the world. But when we get angry, it's going to be a problem. Stuff is going to change. And after George Floyd, that anger has turned into action. People have been mobilized. People have been going into their corporate boardrooms and talking about how there's not no black people at the table. Uh If you look around for those who haven't already been paying attention, these movements have not been localized to just the United States of America. These movements have transcended national borders. Oh, so we got black people in London that's ripping up statues of old slave owners. We got black people in Australia that's protested, all the stuff that was happening that was done to the aboriginal people. Like we got black people coming out to Woodworks in places that I didn't even know we were at Absolutely.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, and mobilized. Part of what's I think been confusing for a lot of people is, you know, all they know about black people is Dr. King. And they don't know like everything about Dr. King. It's just the idea that, oh, well, he was peaceful, nonviolent. But yeah, that was part of his tactic. All right, he was, you know, borrowing a tactic from from, from Gandhi. Um, but he wasn't the only one out there fighting, and of people were using other tactics. And the traditional black response hadn't been that. Uh, I heard a story recently about the Columbia race riot in 1946. All right, mm-hmm. uh, I think we're talking about Columbia, um, t- t- Columbia, Tennessee, and it started this way. A um, a brother went to 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 uh, fight in the war, comes back home, and he he, he comes back home his house home and and Mama has a radio and Mama's radio is not working. She takes you to a radio repair place. Um, young folks, there used to be a time where you repair things that didn't work. Uh, you didn't just get a new one, all right? Uh, they they actually would fix them. So she takes you to the radio place and the guy has a radio for a couple weeks. White store owner. It tells her a couple weeks later, I can't fix it, it's gonna cost twice as much. She pays it twice as much. A couple weeks later, she comes back, He says, hey, um, he, yeah, uh, alright, I fixed it for you, um, uh, twice as much. She takes it home, it's still not working. She comes back to the store and lives it, and she brings her son with her. And the guy's like, look, you can get the hell out of here. Alright, starts so calling her names, and then whatever, and, 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 and he put, tries to put her hand on her. You know, at that point, the brother says, I, uh, no. And start hooking the hell out of the white guy. Alright? So a couple, you know, I remember this is Columbia, Tennessee. A couple of white people come in and see this. And they're like, oh, these, these negroes have lost their minds, right? Right. They start trying to fight the brother. Brother's been in the war though. So he, he, he's taking on two or three of them, but like five or six of them come in. Guess what happens? Mama go grab a shard of glass from when he threw the guy through the window and mama start cutting people. Right. Um, so eventually they get arrested and put in jail. The white people are like, man, these these black people don't know how to say their minds. We teach them a lesson. They just hang around the jail now. It looks like to be one of these lynchings, right? Um, brothers find out about this. Black people find out and say, hold on, they didn't show up to the police station armed and get the brother and and, 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 and father out of jail. They send them to the next town over. Now they know the white people are gonna come back the next day. So the next that night, they get in the town, the black part of town, booby trapped. Right. They 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 on the roofs. Uh, when the white people come back the next day um they they got something for them, all right they start shooting folks and, and killing them they eventually have to call out right the national guard right all these other people the response of turning the other cheek um isn't always the response you get from us and so you see young people saying we're not like our ancestors uh no no, no. sometimes our ancestors uh will whoop us fast they, they don't 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 act like they were all um you know singing we shall overcome
0: right. And I think the most important thing to remember about Martin Luther King's nonviolent movement is uh Martin Luther King got assassinated too. <laughs> the nonviolent movement didn't stop y'all from taking him up out of here. So uh
1: exactly. And yeah, I love that kind of thing. Like, oh, y'all be like Martin. I'm like, well, you killed him too. All yeah. right, uh, y'all, y'all be like him no better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now way, speaking of this, you mentioned that there's an important thing to say about it. some of us feel, I think you would probably agree with me, Jesse, that one of the problems, um, or one of the things that happened with Martin. Is that, you know, it became really, I think, dangerous to the establishment once he started using the economic power of the black community. Absolutely. Or call it economic boycotts. You remember, he's to kill the night before. He's, he's talking about a, uh, a boycott in, uh, for the sanitation workers in Memphis. We started realizing, hey, black people can use our economics. And we've seen the power of money. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, i I'm, I, I'm, you know, I might punch you in the mouth. All right. But. Um, that's can only, you know, that can only just solve your racist problems and dental problems, but what happens, you know, when we start using economic power, and we saw it this week in Mississippi.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Mississippi, the last stronghold of the Confederacy yeah. and of racism, uh, still very much racist. That didn't go away. No. They did take away the Confederate flag after the SEC decided that they were no longer going to basically pay for the programs that Mississippi really eats off of um, unless they remove the Confederate flag. Now, this is also in response to a number of different black athletes who essentially went public with their complaints about uh, Confederate flags generally right, throughout yeah. the South and saying that they will refuse to play for schools that are going to be flying Confederate flags all on the hills of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, and so the SEC, because they finally are in a space where they don't want to necessarily talk about their exploitation of black bodies right now. Uh, they, they shifted. They did what they do. They shifted the pressure to Mississippi to say, look, you can take these Confederate flags down and we go back to business as usual or you cannot and we will stop. And at first, Mississippi wanted to play the game and say, oh, you're not going to do it. But right. SEC said, okay, we'll fix you. Decided to do it. And before that, here, here's Mississippi out of nowhere having a special night session. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, hey, get rid of it. You, know, you know what it was,
1: by the way? It was Sunday evening. Sunday. Right? Yes. They met on Sunday. I thought the Lord was, pulled oh, that's over the Lord's Day for racism. They took over the Lord's Day and said, No. <laughs> If We got this, Jesus. And I love this. Think about 126 years they got the flag. What was it? One of the announcements from the SEC uh, and then the another conference, uh, it was like last week. They, like I said, met on a Sunday. Here's the best part is, Monday, they took down all the flags. They don't have a flag. Mm. They're right around naked. No flags at all for the whole <laughs> They'll figure that out later. That is how much, when money gets involved, how quickly stuff changes. Absolutely. Absolutely,
0: and you gotta remember in Mississippi, it's not like y'all got an NFL team or NBA team. Like y'all don't even like black people enough to have a professional basketball team. So, so you know, for them, you know, Ole Miss is is pretty much it. Like that is your
1: NFL. You are absolutely right. I mean, and it's just amazing to me though how you know this is something that by the way, you know, it wasn't just like two weeks ago that people decided they should get rid of this flag. Oh, the other states had to get rid of theirs over the years. They've had ballot referendums. Um two thousand one they voted two to one to keep it. Right? So sixty six percent of the citizens were like we gotta keep this thing and uh when the money came in, they said, uh, I mean, uh I don't know to tell you, but uh no, right? Unless you all gonna come up with this money. And it just proves once again, you know, that. If you can find, um, and, and get corporate, you know, corporate America behind it, it matters. It moves things much quicker than the rest of us could. Y- you guys experienced that in North Carolina when everybody was all upset about, uh, tra- transgender people, uh, peeing. Right.
0: Right. Well, not everybody. It's go- uh, former Governor McCrory, who we are not fans of, uh, decided that he was going to emphasize ensuring that people went to, the bathroom of the sex that they were born with, right.
2: as if there had
0: been a big issue like, right. before, and it cost us the All Star Game, which I'm still salty about because I would ah. love to take my son to see the All. I care about All Stars more than I care about where people pee. Um, right.
1: <laughs> I'm selfish, but we, we, we had the same thing here in Arizona. Remember, we're the last people without a King Holiday, right? Uh-huh. And we were fine with it. And remember, the only there's only me. uh, We had a C. We had the, the, the distinguished brother, the twins, uh, those two brothers. About seven of us in in in, uh, in Arizona. And so there wasn't any any push uh, to to make the holiday observed. And this is what I love about it is, I don't care, I will celebrate Genghis Khan Day if you give me a free day off, right? I don't want a day off. And they, we lost Super Bowl in '91. Or, and they said, you know what, we we're going to have a Super Bowl in 93 here. 91 owner said, uh, no, you're not. Uh, and, uh, guess what? Uh, it, it's a holiday now. Right. Because you want to get that money. And, uh, and so in the future, you know, one of the things, you know, protesting and all that stuff we're doing is great, but we've got to make sure that we remember, uh, to go ahead and try to, you know, get, 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 get some corporate sponsors because they will, you know, <laughs> make the change immediately. We get a change after, you know, a lot of time and effort has been gone through and some, you know, some protesting and marching, but, but, uh, th- think about it. They got it on a Sunday.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause football season is coming up mm-hmm. and it looks like folks gonna try to, well, I know the SEC and the NCAA period. They're trying to move forward with football season. Uh, they could care less about COVID-19 cause they don't really care about the athletes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wanna have people in there spending money. So, um,
1: so. <laughs> so. You know, every book, just a second, about how short-sighted, at least in my opinion, all of these professional leagues seem to be, and I understand the money involved, etc. cetera. But here's the thing about COVID that's amazing to me, right? We don't know all the effects of it, right? Absolutely. We don't know the long-term effects of it. But here's what I suspect. If it even has any long-term effect at all, just a little bit, on your respiratory system, that's going to cause a problem with a professional athlete. Yes. Right, unless you're Bubba, you drive a car. You can do that with no luck. <laughs> right, the rest of us, the black athletes, are going to need some lungs. And so the think thing about it is, it, you know, LeBron will survive the, the coronavirus most likely, but I'm not sure his career will survive it. Mm. If he just loses just 5% of his lung capacity, that's too much. And so I'm looking at all of these sports leagues, and I'm like, are you kidding? You've got $200 million invested in this guy, and you will lose him completely if he gets the even if, it, if he recovers, mostly, because, you know, it, it, it seems to be so short-term stupid. And then, of course, the college athletes, I understand why well, they don't care about them. They didn't invest anything in them. Right. But you're, you're pro career, right? You've got a couple hundred million dollars riding on this if you can get through. I'd be faking a hamstring. <laughs> right. Right. I mean... You know, how do you go social distance in a game in which you're supposed to get on top of the other man and tackle him? Exactly.
0: Exactly. And and the problem that I see is this is yet another example of the players not exercising their power. Because if, if people aren't coming to see uh, nobody's out there, they're coming to see LeBron. They're coming right. to see James Harden. If all of them decided, well, you know what, I'm not comfortable because of COVID-19 and I'm not playing, then you wouldn't have a season. Like the season would be over and you could make your demands on what you want to get out of the league moving forward. But, you know, I, I thought the NBA, if anything, would be a lot more progressive than they were. Uh, I think in the great spectrum of things, they're the, the, the probably liberal progressive, um, <laughs> of a professional team,
1: but they still racist, right? <laughs> they still, sure they still. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and the thing about it is, it's not, you know, they're necessarily, you know, that, that bad. It's just that they're not as offended by racism as they'd be by offended by uh, losing money. Right. Right. And so, if, you know, and it was, Dr. King talked about this. He had the same problem. He said, you know, years ago when I was trying to get the right to vote and whatever, white people had no problem with this, you know, progressive white people, whatever, because it didn't cost them any money. Right. But when right. I started coming to them and saying, hey, I want money for, you know, for, 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 for housing, and I want money for, you know, for jobs for black people, et cetera. Then he started noticing hesitation even among, right, you know, quote unquote, you know, white moderates, right? Absolutely. Because yeah, they don't mind, you know, giving up on the racism as long as they have to give up any of their stuff. And so the NBA person is like, like, that's kind of fine, you know, I don't want black people to be strangled either, Um, but if it go cost me some money, uh, you might have to strangle a few more. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So. I mean, and I think that that segues kind of into our next point here. One of the reasons why people are so apprehensive for trying to contribute money or anything is because they don't want their status quo to be disrupted. Absolutely. And nothing evidences this more than this debate about whether or not police should be defunded. Um, we've got people on. Well, first, we've got people who don't even know what that means. Right. So you explain to the people, first of all, what does it mean to defund the police?
1: It, you know, it basically means to transfer right, um, some of the police's responsibility to other social agencies so mm-hmm. that what you're saying is that we don't need a person with a gun and a taser and the propensity to use them to do all the things that we currently have the police doing. A wellness check, right? Mm. You know, generally speaking, my philosophy about police has always been: unless somebody needs to be dead, then the police don't need to be there. Right. All right. And I tell you, the thing is, I give you the greatest the parallel to that: the fire department, which is why, by the way, NWA did not have a song called "Fuck the Fireman, right? All right. <laughs> because guess what? The fireman only calls comes when there's a fire. Right, right. The fireman does not bust in your house and shoot you in your bed eight times like Brianna Taylor because they got a report that you got a faulty um a, a smoke detector. The right. fireman doesn't stop you on the highway and say, "Hey, you got a broken tail light? Uh, Let me search your car for lighters and accelerants."
0: Right,
1: right. The fire department only comes when there's a fire, and 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 part of the idea here is that maybe we should be using the police. Only when somebody needs to be policed, right? <laughs> And that when it's an automobile accident, maybe we don't need the, the, the man with the gun to show up for that. Maybe we could send an insurance investor. Because that's really the purpose of it anyway. Right. When we have investigations that need to be done, we should send investigators. Not people with necessarily guns, because guess what? The FDA will go invest, investigate an entire factory where hundreds of millions of dollars of, of production are on the line, no guns.
0: Right.
1: They don't have to line up everybody and start choking people. Right? It, it's like the police that we have, and because of the way we've trained them, and, and by the way, not just tra- 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 when we train them, one is, com- it's called command and control. And it means in any situation you come in and you control the situation, you make sure everybody is that you think might possibly in any world be dangerous to you, you shackle them and lock them up, have them sit on the ground or handcuff them, et cetera, and you control the situation. That would be okay, except for guess what? That person works for me. Absolutely. Now, now, now exactly. You know, it's one thing, right, that you would act in that context. I would even like that, by the way, if you treated prisoners that way. Which they do too. But, but that's not right. But, but at least, you know, in this case, but wait a minute. I pay your salary. I work, for, you work for me. You don't see the secret service, uh, hemming up Donald Trump. Right. Asking Absolutely. him in the middle of the night, where you going? You, you going out of the kitchen? Who, who said you, what you going to eat down in the kitchen? Well, who said you're going to have some? Right. You, you go sit on the ground, Donald, until we work, until we clear this with the, with, the, with the, with the kitchen staff. No. They work for him. You work for me. Alright, and, right. and you gotta, you know, sort of, and so part of it is, but here's the thing about it is, the difference between this defunding is, is, is before we've always said we just need to get the cops to, uh, act nicer. We need to treat them de-escalation training. And Mike, a lot of us are starting to figure out and realize they can't. Right. The things that they're asked to do, right, won't allow them to, 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 to act this way, because remember, We see it time and again, their fundamental job so often is to be the slave patrol, to make sure that black people and poor people are where they're supposed to be, and the only, and by the way, to use any force, any means necessary to make sure that you can confirm where they're supposed to be, and if not, then somebody has to get hurt, namely us. Right. Right. You can't do that job without people, innocent people, being killed or hurt. It's just not possible. That when the case that I didn't want to talk about, we're going to talk about anyway, is Elijah McClain. For mm. the six people who don't know, it's an introverted 23-year-old man. Uh, I'm going to have trouble. to tell him. I can't talk. I'm not going to do it.
0: So th- this was someone who I think the story was he was he used to go play violins to the Stray Cats uh-huh. so that they could feel loved and appreciated. Uh, but he was walking back, I believe, with some food uh-huh. and somebody called the police on him for, I guess, looking suspicious, wearing a hoodie. Um And so the police came. They confront him. He does everything to try to deescalate, which is already insane because you aren't the trained professional. Right. The police are the trained professional. But he's trying to tell them. He's saying, I'm a good person. They ask him, do you have weapons? I don't have weapons. I'm not that kind of person. Right. Uh What are you doing? Well, you know, I just got some food. I'm not doing anything wrong. He was essentially pleading for his life in a situation where we all knew how this was going to end. And sure enough, after being harassed, Held down, um, mistreated, physically assaulted by police. Uh, he ends up having to get some kind of medication from the EMTs, uh, I guess, a stabilizer, and ends up, unfortunately, overdosing on the stabilizer uh, and passing away. Now, the reason that people have been livid about this is because this is coming. This is a story that, for me has just been introduced or just been uh, put out there. But it's an incident that happened well before now. And it's coming out on the hills of Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta. And we all saw the video of him being very polite, doing everything he was supposed to do with the officer for over 45 minutes, and then still getting shot dead by police in a crowd at Wendy's drive through Then that's coming on the hills of Breonna Taylor, who all she did was work saving people from COVID-19 all day and came home to take a nap and ended up dead because the police entered her unit with a no, no not warrant. That's coming on the heels of George Floyd. My point here is we've got so many issues indicating police brutality that you would think a reasonable police officer at this point is going to exercise a certain degree of discretion to not be next person who's going to be all over the news. But the fact that we continuously have these situations goes to show it's further disrespect. And it goes to show that these police officers don't really care what the media has to say. They don't care what we have to say. They're going to do what they want to do regardless. And so it goes back to this point of what are we paying our taxes to them for? Why are we paying for their services to do this? To us. What's more telling is that when we started pushing back against the police, the city of Atlanta, which is probably the worst place to try to kill a black person, yeah. everybody in decision making places is black. Right? So, so when they bring these murder charges, felony murder, they're not playing games. They bring these murder charges. The police in Atlanta get sick all of a sudden. Right. The blue, They call out. They don't want to work anymore. Uh, and you see this is not just Atlanta. This happened also in Buffalo uh, after they knocked down a 79 year old white man uh-huh. in New York City. Um So police are calling out basically because they are upset that they are now being held to a standard of accountability that they didn't previously have to worry about. It's almost as if they're saying if I'm not able to go to work and kill black people the way I want to do it then I'm not coming into work. And the thought process on their end is you won't be able to function as a city without my policing services. And yet without those police and with the reduction, you did not see any spike in right. criminal activity. You did not see any spike or any massive mayhem happen in the city. And I, it really is an interesting point. Uh Even in a city like Atlanta, where to coax officers to come back to work, they mm-hmm. would get financial incentive from the mayor's office. So, I, 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 I,
1: absolutely. And, and I'm, you know, it, it's hard for me to talk about the Elijah McClain case because I have a, a son who I, I can imagine being in, in this position and even looks a lot like my, my, my oldest son. It's hard to, <laughs> I keep seeing the picture come across Facebook and um it's hard, to, it's hard to talk about but you know I'm looking at the conversation here, and he says, I can't breathe. I have my ID right here. My name is Elijah McClain. That's my house. I was just going home. I'm an introvert. I'm just different. That's all. I'm so sorry. I have no gun. I don't do that stuff. I don't do any fighting. Why are you attacking me? I don't even kill flies. I don't eat meat. But I don't judge people. I don't judge people who eat meat. Forgive me. All I was trying to do was become better. I would do it. I would do anything. Sacrifice my identity. I'll do it. You are all phenomenal. You're beautiful. I, I, I love you. Try to forgive me. I, I, I'm i a new Gemini. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Ow. That really hurts. You're all very strong. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to do that. I just can't breathe correctly. And then he proceeds to vomit in, in the gutter as they hold pressure on his neck and chest. And this was their fucking job. That is their job under the way we currently define it. And then the bottom line is this, that as long as that is their job, to make sure that we get compliance, to make sure that that any black person they come across, they have a a reason to understand, because when you read this conversation, he doesn't sound right. Right. Because he's not dangerous at all. He's just different. But that's not going to work for them. They've got to get confirmation. And therefore, they will use any force and pressure. And that is the job. If we don't change that, we will have more Elijah McClain's. The bottom line. It, it, it's like, it's, it's like the collateral damage we have on the highways. We lose a number of people, 30,000, 40,000 a year, because that is what happens when high velocity projectiles are, are, are thrown against each other, right, on the common highway. We can't stop it. We can't stop it with better training, with, with defensive driving, with airbags. It's, it's a part of the game, a trade-off we're willing to make. And for too long, society's been willing to trade off black lives. Absolutely, because Absolutely. you know what? Why? Why? why you know, it, 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 our, our delusion of safety is, it, is worth more. And so, what we're saying is, no, no, no. Let's let's not do that because there are better people to handle these situations. Now, that situation is a great example because remember, he's called out. The person who calls doesn't say this guy is robbing a liquor store. This guy has a weapon. They simply say he's he's strange. I he, think he was dancing.
0: Right.
1: And the, and the police had the option. And this is what people don't understand. People think that police have a, a lawful obligation that whenever you call, they have to come out. They don't. And they won't. My challenge is if you think I'm lying, call the police right now and ask them. Ask them to come out to change your newborn baby. I was going to say, hey, I, 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 I think there's ghost in my attic. They're not coming out for that. Right. They come out for the things that they think are part of their job description. They'll say it's not my job, and they think part of their job is to verify the 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 the, uh, the, the, the whereabouts, the, the the proper placement of any black person. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I'm sorry to, to get so emotional about that. Oh no. It is. It's, it's actually. I. I. I, I Yet yeah, last night was the first night I, I didn't cry at the night. And. I feel good about that. I thought I was getting past it. I'm not getting past it. And, and quite frankly, I, I don't want to get past it. I, I, I've gotten past too much. I got, I got past, uh, Treyvon Martin. And I got past, um, uh, um, uh, Jameer Rice. I, I, I got past Brando Castillo and, 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 and Jarve Crawford third, and, and, and all the others. And, and, and the thing that, that, that bothers me about this is I've been talking about this all this time. I, I saw, we saw this coming. I've been yelling about this. There was a a, a situation like this happened in Glendale where there was an autistic kid in a park and the cop came to him and and, and wanted to make sure that the kid wasn't on drugs because he would act differently. The kid didn't want to be grabbed. So the cop tackles him and the kid is trying to soothe himself saying, we're okay, we're okay," And the cop is is now asking him more aggressive questions because he thinks he must be on drugs. And, And finally, his helper comes by and tries to soothe and talk the cop down, takes the cop several minutes to get off the kid. And and afterwards, I'm so upset about it. I write about it. And one of my good friends on Facebook it, it gets in, gets in touch with the, with, the, with a wonderful white lady because she can do this being a white lady. Gets in touch with the mayor, and they have a meeting to talk about this. And mm-hmm. the mayor says, i back, my officer. My officer did the right thing because he needed to be able to wow. confirm this." And, and, and I could tell that this is obviously this was going to happen. It, it happens too often. And 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 the, and the thing that you know is, is so upsetting is is that. You know, it's one thing when these unforeseeable things happen, you know, a nine eleven, 11 right? But when we see the same thing happen over and over and over and people come up with solutions and the rest of society says, I don't care. I want to keep my cops the way they are. Hmm. Then you can understand why there might be some frustration, why people might feel, you know, some 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 enmity um, towards you, because these big big people—they're not saying I don't believe you anymore. See, no one can say that anymore. You said that for fifty years. They're saying, "No, no, I believe you. I saw it myself. Right. And I just don't care.
0: Right. And and I think you know one of the things that's important to note too is the first push that we did was trying to get people to acknowledge and trying to get people to see it. We push for the body cams. Right. We push for training. We push for all this. Now we've got situations where body cams get cut off and don't work or situations where the body cams are on and they're recording all kinds of images and conversation about what's going on that is not befitting of the standard that we would want to hold for law enforcement. They're even recording threats that law enforcement officers are making to uh, basically exterminate a race of people in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, that hey,
1: brother, a, That's not a hypothetical story. You're not giving right. a hypothetical example.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Very real story. Out of Wilmington, police officers are on their own cameras, on their own dashboard camera and body cam that I guess they didn't know was on. Uh right. Talking about killing black people in mass, uh, right. including some of the black people that they had just interacted with. Is that right? And this is in, in the hills of them just getting a newly uh, appointed black police chief. Uh, I think this was day one of his official <laughs> term uh, when he gets this information from internal affairs. And they even made comments about killing him. So, you know, the, these issues <laughs> that black people have been complaining about forever, this isn't new stuff. And as we look at defunding the police, one of the things that I think people don't necessarily appreciate is how much of your tax money actually goes to supporting police. So we did a little research before the show Um, in my city, Durham, North Carolina. I probably guess we're on the lower end. We're a smaller city. Mm -hmm. Um, But 33 percent of our budget, which equates to 70 million dollars, over 70 million dollars of our tax money goes to policing. Uh, and this is out of a budget of 215 million. Uh, when you look at that money going in, in, most states that we looked at, you're somewhere between that third or even up to a half, right? right. Um, if you're looking at that, think about the things that are not being funded, right? So that's social services for people who might have special needs. That's educational programs. That's, you know, I always had a question for every city council meeting I've been to. What happened to the community centers? Right. It used to be a safe place where kids could go after school, play basketball, learn a trade, uh, you know, meet other kids, build good relationships. We don't have those anymore That's at right. all. And so the, the the pushback you would always get is, well, there's just not money in the budget. There's not money in the budget. Well, what I will say is Durham County actually had a 5 percent increase in our allocation to policing, Mm -hmm. So apparently there was money in the budget for the increase, right? (laughs) There's money in the budget for the things that the community at large seems to prioritize. And the question then becomes why isn't issue? Why aren't issues in the black community prioritized as much as there are policing whose main job as as Sean already has stated is essentially to make sure that black people remain in the spots where we are, expected to be.
1: Right. And, and and that's not the only thing, but it's definitely sort of a high priority, right? Um <laughs> You know, the thing you, you mentioned perfectly, late, so I live in Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona is a weird place, place that a lot of people haven't heard of. We have a population of about 400,000 people. We're actually one of the top 50 largest cities um, in, in the country, but it's just, it, you know, it, there's nothing special about us, but we, we do spend 40% of our money on uh, the police. Mm -hmm. Um, To give you an example, we spend $180 million a year on the police. In contrast, we spend um, $11.8 million on community services. Mm -hmm. Uh, We spend $27 million on parks and libraries in a place that's 40th in education. Um, maybe we could spend—I don't know—maybe maybe twenty-eight million in, in library. Maybe 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 wow. you have somebody learn how to read in here. It, you know, the amount of money that's spent for the police. And by the way, we just approved in on Friday an eight percent increase or $8 million a $8, half million dollar increase on Friday. All right, mm-hmm. um, which is—I look to do the math really quickly here—is about a four um, percent increase in the midst of a situation of serious reevaluation of the police. We decided they needed more. And here's the thing I wanted to get you to understand. When COVID happened, our doctors did not have enough PPE. Unexpected, they didn't know. We didn't have a stockpile of that. When right. uh, George Floyd happened and people all over the country began to take to the streets, um, the police did not have a shortage of riot gear. Absolutely. They didn't run out of rubber bullets. They didn't run out of tear gas and mace. Somehow we had enough. Now remember, think about it. None of that equipment was necessary before then, but when it was necessary, we had their stuff. We don't have enough to, to, to save us from, 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 from the coronavirus, but we, or even to protect the doctors, right? And then the nurses and the healthcare workers, but we mm-hmm. got enough to make sure the police have some serious armor. Absolutely.
0: Tear gas, but rubber you- bullets, Or worse, come to worse, just ram their car through the crowd.
1: There you Um, go. (laughs) And 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 that's the other thing is we're seeing in this time of increased scrutiny. Like Jesse said, the answer for most of us, you get called in by your boss and they say we're happy with your performance, is you at least for a little while try to act better. Right. They ain't even tried, right? They're 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 realizing people on camera now. And, and and with an attitude of how dare you, right? Be upset that we keep killing you. You should be grateful that we're killing you. All mm. right. This is this is the, you 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 know what will happen if we're not here? I'm like oh I don't know. You wouldn't kill me, right? I, I don't get the idea. so we would have we increase the safety. I'm, we're going just as we're going on an outline here from that's been created by uh, some some group um that was is. Trying to explain, you know, um, defunding the police. And one of the things they say is, you know, decrease public safety. Police um, kill, in a good, in average, you have heard numbers, good, but it's somewhere around, I say, in round number, 1,500 civilians um, a, a year. Um, that number doesn't seem like a lot, but it actually is quite a large number. It's such a large number that if you are white, the most likely stranger to kill you will be wearing the blue. Hmm. Obviously, most people are killed by people they know, right? Relatives, you know, sadly, family, friends, coworkers, etc. Okay. But white on white crime is what we call it. There you go. White on white crime, right? But strangers, um, you know, stranger danger is actually rarer than than, than you think. And 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 as a result, um, the police are actually the ones um, who are you know most <laughs> who who are the most likely, like I said, to kill whites and, and others. And so you think that that would bother them? But once again, collateral damage. They're willing to sacrifice seven eight hundred white people a year because they want to make sure that they can keep the you know their knees and the necks uh, of of the rest of us. Um, one of the things that's interesting is one of the things we're always, and we see, and, you know, I saw a video recently of the police um, killing another homeless man. A lot of the problems we have, you know, stem from other things, right? Poverty mm-hmm. and, and homelessness Absolutely. and drug addiction, all the things that sort of create that. And so, you know, so the housing attorney, you could tell us best, you know, if we were to take some of the resources we spend on it, Incarcerating, right, arresting, um, and, you know, and, and housing, or I'm sorry, in housing in prison and jail, people who, you know, are chronically, you know, homeless or underemployed, etc. Uh, imagine how much better that is, both economically and just humanely for us. All right. I'm,
0: I'm not even asking for the whole 70 million. Like if I could get 28 million. Thank you, right? We, we can end homeless. right. <laughs> so. I hear everything you're saying. I think 120% we need to put a greater emphasis on other resources. But here, here's the thing that I think America, uh, particularly our white listeners, this is something that you have to understand. A lot of you have been psychologically brainwashed into worshiping law enforcement. So what I mean by that is because you have not been the victim, of bad law enforcement or bad policing, what you know of law enforcement outside of a relative or somebody who is an officer who you like, you know Hollywood. You Mm -hmm. know the movies. You know the TV shows. You watch Cops. And in all of those shows, what you see are police who are the protagonist, the good guy, Mm -hmm. going after somebody who we have already deemed the bad guy without even knowing the facts. We just hop in when they're chasing people, right? We don't even know the facts. So what happens is this notion forms in your mind from a very early age that anybody that the police are after must be a threat to society. And it takes away and devalues the humanity of the person who they're after on that movie or that, that show or whatever to a point where you become accustomed to it. So when black people are sitting here in mass telling you, Hey, these police are killing us. It's all over your news feed. It's all over the, the the TV. When we tell you this, a lot of times it's hard for white people to believe that because they want to believe that anybody who got killed by police did something wrong. Absolutely. But when you say that to black people who have already been dealing with this for a century. Like we're not talking about something that just happened with George Floyd. Like we've been dealing with this forever. When you say, well, they should have been doing something else. That's liable to get you slapped up because <laughs> at this point, it's like to feign ignorance and act like you don't know when you've seen dash video, when you've heard us protesting, you've seen black moms crying at funerals. You've seen all of the court cases where these officers basically get a paid administrative leave and no conviction and get to go back to work doing the same thing they was doing before. The guy in uh, Atlanta who killed uh, Rayshard Brooks had 13 write-ups for, (laughs) for, for other past transgressions that he did against the community. So we aren't making this stuff up. And the fact that you don't want to believe it because you want to cling to a notion, a psychological notion that has been embedded in your mind by the very people who are committing the atrocity, that's problematic. So part of the push in trying to get people to defund the police, the, the, the counterpoints to this are rooted in this belief system that without police officers, society wouldn't function and people are just going to run out here and be killing folks. And I want to give you just a small piece of information. A lot of the people who you should be afraid of who are gonna go out and start killing folks, they're your family, not ours, right? Like those are the people who wanted to do it anyway, right? The clansmen of the world.
1: Right.
0: Right? Those are the people who want to do it anyway. And I'll be honest. Black people, we've kind of accepted that
1: the Klansmen are the police. Right? <laughs> this isn't new for us. It doesn't well, matter who comes down. The there, there's some new information out there, studies, and, and you can go check it out on the web. There is a lot of, he's not joking. Right? There is a lot of overlap between the, the two. Um, you know, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, what Jesse's talking about is a term, you know, that sometimes we refer to as, as cop sucking. All right. But because there is a – and I I see it even among white moderates, woke white people, this need to always try to remember to assure, I guess, other white people that they haven't completely left the reservations and that they still believe that most of the cops are good cops. And so – Every time they'll preface every statement with, OK, well, we understand most cops are good, but these people are great. And, 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 the, and the truth of the matter is math tells us that all the, most of the cops can't be good. Math okay. tells us that when you get eight or nine bad cops together and none of them do anything to help, that that isn't. Uh, if, if most of the cops were good, mathematically, that's impossible. The only way it works, I did one scene in what math script, the only way it works is to assume that 90 percent of the cops are bad. And then your math might work. It might be possible to get that many bad cops together. And, and that's a good assumption. And, and the other 10 percent, by the way, um, if they are good, won't be cops for law. We, we constantly see cases of, of, of situations and, and you can go look at of cops who do the right thing. right, report misconduct on behalf of all the officers and they're gone. All right, the police union chiefs—you you hear the horrible things they say—they are elected by the other cops, hmm. right. So how do you have all these good cops constantly electing really bad people? Okay, the ones who say that Tamir Rice was a thug and needed to be shot, right? right. The, the ones who who blamed George Floyd for, for for his own death, okay? Those people were elected by the ones who say that that any cop who kneels. And in in, in, in support of Black Lives Matters, should be banned and 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 thrown out of the police union. Those are situations in which we're not talking about one or two bad cops. Now let's talk about the other thing. What happens if the cops are gone? Will it you know will we will it increase crime? And Jesse talked about it. We talked about when the cops are gone. There was a strike in 2014 with the NYPD. It went on strike, reduced. Say we're not going to you know do all this stuff. And guess what? Crime went down. Yeah. Understand that a lot of the crimes that that particularly black people are charged and convicted with, most of these are, are not are drug crimes, but not drug just dealing and, and, and distribution, drug possession. Right. And how do you find out that someone is holding a, 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 an ace of, of weed? Is, is it sticking out of their pocket? Is, is, it, is it weighing down the car? No, you're searching people. You're pulling people out of cars on sidewalks, et cetera, searching them for these things. You're almost, in a sense, creating the crime of these nonviolent crimes that in white neighborhoods, because we know this statistically, whites and blacks use drugs in the same proportion. So if we're 80%, if we're black and brown people are 80% of the drug convictions, um, it means that we're being policed 80% of the time. More. Um, some of the other points that I mentioned, because we want to make sure we, we, we cover this, we talked about the budget. Uh, the 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 last thing is people have said and my first brother said like I say even my white fam you know on 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 Facebook usually you don't know, i don't have any, any any conservatives in there right we're like well, what, what what about when you know who's gonna investigate um the crimes uh that that get you know that that happened and that's a good question because uh it needs to be somebody different than who's investigating them now <laughs> Right. In America, 66% of rapes, two-thirds, uh, are unsolved. 70% of robberies, half of, of, of aggravated assaults, and about 40% of the murders are unsolved. Understand, 40% of the murders are unsolved, and remember, most people are killed by people they know. This isn't hard detective work. Right. Right? You know, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing, and here's the thing about this, I totally support investigators, but investigators don't have to have guns. The, the the people from the uh, USDA who inspect the meat, they don't have guns. Right? The fire inspector doesn't have guns. There are the, the people who inspect your restaurants from the health department. They don't have to have guns. Very few, seldom, very few people sh- sh- should need to have guns to deal with most of these situations. And it's like anything else in life. To the extent that you have a tool, you're going to be more often to use it. Um, We want to basically say that, you know, everything that happens in society doesn't need to be responded to by someone with a gun and 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 with a weird hair trigger reaction. In America, we know, we don't know exact numbers, but we know that over um, 2,500 dogs are shot by the cops a year. The dog, the officer feared for his life. Um, the postman, and Jesse, you wanna guess in 2019 how many dogs the postman shot? I'm, I'm guessing zero. And in 2018, you wanna guess about the same round number? Yeah, <laughs> <down> number. <laughs> same, same number, zero. So, to my knowledge, the, the policeman, the, the postal service has literally delivered more than a trillion packages, no dog shot. Right. Now, now how is that, how is that possible? And it's because the police have been trained and become to that you know what nothing should happen to them on their appointed rounds. Now, now remember the 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 postman on his appointed rounds understands that he might get rain, sleep, bit by a dog.
0: Right,
1: he's wearing shorts in the summer. Not worried about it. But mm-hmm. the cops feel it's they right. are threatened and have to shoot twenty five hundred dogs. Mm-mm. it's a different mindset and and I don't know how you change all of that mindset so what I want to do is reduce the number of those people out there there are situations in which people need to be dead we call the cops for that mm-hmm. everything else if no one needs to be dead you don't call out the people with guns who want to make things dead
0: right right I, I
1: think that
0: is something that people should at least theoretically be able to get behind but I have a nagging suspicion that there's going to be a lot of pushback. Oh, please. I think that pushback is going to come from uh, none other than the police union themselves who are going to put out every threat. And this is the other thing that I want people to realize too, and I don't want us to gloss over. There are, have been a number, at least about six that we know of, uh, black people who have apparently decided to commit suicide, according to the report, oh, yeah. uh, by by uh hanging themselves or lynching themselves in a way that is very uncharacteristic of a black person, period. Thank you. And I am not inclined to believe that these things were suicide. If anything, I find the timing of these things very, very curious, given that we're in a social climate now where movements are changing the paradigm. I'm not inclined. I I would almost guess that this grown up law enforcement or people who are not involved or who feel like their life is now being threatened because they can't go to their job and do what they want to do. Just beat up on black people. I can almost suspect that there's some causal connection between that and between what is going on. I couldn't prove it.
1: Right. Well you always know there's always a, a white lash, right there's always a backlash mm-hmm. whenever there's any progress um michael harriet the 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 great uh, writer for for the root and and um and, and others um other publications of c m s regular we got to get him on but anyway um mm-hmm. he rewrote a great story to sort of explain it even you know the civil rights struggle it's interesting how little we 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 learn about things right we we learn a little bit about some of the things that that happen so we don't talk about the how how Rosa Parks, after winning that that great battle, uh, didn't actually get to ride in, in front of the bus, mm. because for a long time, white people were, were still not acting right. Right <laughs> that right. that that the the um you know Birmingham um it, it was was called Bombingham. right. And that the the, the, the four, four, four four precious girls at the, the was that Seventeenth uh, Street Baptist Church or Sixteenth Street Baptist Church were were killed, I believe, right after uh, the Civil Rights um, Law was passed.
0: Right, I think the guy that did it just passed away,
1: maybe like a week ago. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, the last, and it's like you know, there's always sort of this this this, this reaction, right? There's this ebb and flow, etc. Et, et um, I can tell you this though that I do see something a little different, and and black people now, you know, they're we're much more like the 1946 black people than the 1965 black people. One of my favorite videos, maybe we'll, we'll sort of leave on this a fun note, high note, was we had a a, a cop. By
2: the way, a black cop who had this to say to the world... What's up, TikTok? So I just watched another video of some clown with a camera running his mouth to an officer. I think it was in New York and calling him a bitch and a punk and take that badge and gun off and let's fight. So here's my question. A lot of you clowns like to do that. Y'all really think we hide behind our badges and guns and a lot of us obviously we we can't fight. That's what y'all think, right? Okay. So how about if we come up with a system that the officer signs a waiver, you sign a waiver and put your camera down, we put our badge and gun down and let's step in the ring. Let's see how many of you would actually sign up since y'all, you know, you feel like we are punk behind our badges and guns. I'll sign a waiver. How many of you going to step in the ring with me? I'll wait. So
1: that's a challenging issue, right? Absolutely. And by the way, just so you can't see the video, this brother is a a swole. Right? Look, right. this brother is huge. Big arms and chest. He's in a gym. He's got his bull t-shirt on. Rippling muscles. I gotta tell you, it, m- it makes my nipples hard a little bit. Uh, this, this brother is, is huge. All right? Good looking. for well, is his br- brother. Um, and he thought that, hey, I'm being a swole. I'm challenging the world. Everybody gonna back down. Uh, th- that was his first TikTok video. Let's show his second video th- 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 12 minutes later. His second TikTok video.
2: A few moments later. State in my earlier video, I did not come out and then challenge anybody. I definitely did not challenge black people. I did not challenge uh, Black Lives Matter. I did not challenge Antifa. What I said was clowns. That means if you are not a clown and you are not one of the idiots that randomly just walk up to an officer because you are in your feelings and say take off your badge and gun and I will beat you up. What I said did not apply to you. So I've been getting all kinds of messages and friend requests and all that good stuff. Guys, listen, it's pointless. Okay, I've been getting all type of professional boxers that have been bouncing, boxing for 300 years and decide, okay, well, because this cop said this, I want to fight him. And that's the wrong answer. If you want to fight me, that's because I did something to you. Right now, half of you guys are running off at the mouth because of what I do for a living, but you've never personally met me, and I've never done anything to you, nor me. So if you want to get in the ring, make sure if you have a valid reason besides what I do for a living.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's gonna change real quick. He was like he, he, he couldn't even get the words out like professional bosses who've been. That's bu- 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 <laughs> <laughs> he's right not
1: love about it. Here's what cracks me up about it, right? First of all, you did challenge. You said, hey, draw right. me, right? right? She would want to do that. Then he realized, oh, he, when, he, when he got some pushback and realized, oh no, no, this is 1946 brothers. And he, and I love this, you gotta say, do I don't want to fight no black people, or, or Latinos, um, or Native Americans, <laughs> um, anybody who, who, who. I said clowns. If yeah, you don't have water right. shooting out of the exactly. flower, yeah, yeah, you have going to fight on Rozo, right? You got to have makeup on apparently, for him to accept your challenge. And, and how he's like, you know, y'all just want to fight me. I mean, no, you put the stuff out there. And we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of that, all right? With, 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 and this is what I want to encourage, you know, people is that I found in my experience that um, people will talk, all right, a lot. Um, but if the decision it comes down to, um, I have to choose tonight um, between walking away or going to the hospital or jail, um, most people are going to be, uh, how do I say this, uh, running away. Right. And we see this all the time, you know, people who act tough. I, I don't know about you, Jesse, but I get three or four times a week, some white guy on Facebook, Jumping about how he would do this and that and the other. And it's weird because uh, I'm 52. I run around uh, Arizona, Trump state, uh, in Crocs and, and cargo pants, um, with no gun. And guess what? I'm safe. Right, right. <laughs> I had nobody come up and run up on me. It's amazing. I, you know, in my whole life, I've never had anybody call me the N-word to my face. Right. Had people post it on Facebook. Right, um, and, and and so you know all these people talking tough, like you know the cops and the Klan and all that. Um, they don't want that smoke. As soon as it gets down to it, they will run away. We've seen the cops run away when the, when when the Michigan white boys showed up and, and said, "We're taking the state house." They what? handed them the keys. Um, <laughs> when, when, when when the people in in Minnesota, who by the way I love this, were unarmed. Said so we're burning down the police station. They were like, can I get my lunch out of the refrigerator first? Let me get my lunch right, out. Right. So you can turn this down. Right? When you confront people, right, you know, with force and let them know that, you know, you're willing to go to the jail or hospital nine times out of ten, they're not. Because I truly believe this. There are very few people committed to white supremacy. There are people who would who like it to continue, who are willing to allow it to continue, but they're like Mississippi. Mississippi showed their commitment to white supremacy, right? That was a hard state to fall, but they fell <laughs> they, they, in five they minutes. They fell in days <laughs> and went in on a Sunday. Think about it, They got no flag. Now, like, you think, think about it. Any other person would be like, all right, we're going to keep our flag for now, but we promise, and you'll kind of try to, you know, we'll do it in six months, whatever. Basically, you know, we will be naked out here. We literally got a flagpole with no flag on it. <laughs> Because that is how much they were committed to white supremacy. They liked it and they keep it. But when there was some consequences, you're going to either have to go to the hospital or jail. They want to let it go on a Sunday. Right. Don't don't be intimidated by folks who say, you know, <laughs> that they promise you. When you, you let them know that you're committed, they will back down.
0: And it, this is just the time period that we're in right now. Uh, I know it seems crazy for 2020, but to me, every day this, this year has been a blessing because it is an opportunity to see the true colors of what this country represents and who the people are. And I think that it is important for black people and our allies to continue this momentum forward in not just seeking, uh, into police brutality and our ability to be humans and live, But at this point, to push the envelope all the way to pursuit of Black equity, like I I mean by equity, I mean we want to be in boardrooms, we want to be employed, we want our reparations, we want to be treated as such and have control to dictate how our communities look, we want housing, we need to be in a position to make all of our demands officially known and to pursue them because what I don't want is for six months from now for us to be in this same position again that's where we've been saying police don't kill us don't kill us don't kill us and then six months later they kill us again and we're marching
1: well and yeah but well, they haven't stopped yet but i gotta i'm gonna sort of i think there's something in that it will change here and okay. it's gonna change because of my mama okay my mama is a seventy three year old uh Black woman, um, on the usher board at the church.
2: Right.
1: My mama tells me as a Christian that, um, we might have to start making some of these cops a little more afraid than they are. <laughs> my mama, alright, my mama, by the way, don't have a gun. I, th- I, th- I think she planning on whooping some ass with her fist, alright. That's my, my 73 year old mama. Um, when, when big mama, alright, is, is, is saying, uh, we might have to whoop some ass. Um then uh <laughs> be scared. I'm telling you this now. I promise you, if shit ain't changed in a year, um we're gonna be having how do I say this, your cities are gonna be um a little uh smoky. Uh we're gonna have um we you you you're gonna look like uh it, it's gonna look a lot like well, oh, I don't know, um <laughs> uh fire. Um I'm telling you we are not going to have this for forever. Um, we've asked nicely you had all kinds of excuses if i didn't believe you etc right. the tape out you, you, we see it every day there are no more okay um situations in which you can tell us this is not happening you're being unreasonable we, 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 we we've seen it all right, right. And so you can figure out some way to fix it or you can you know um, i don't know how to say this you you can you can start flavoring everything with mesquite flavoring because it's going to be mesquite, And I know you like your pumpkin spice, but you're going to have mesquite pumpkin spice if you don't want to do something. We'll just leave that up to you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, in in closing, I think uh, first I want to make sure everybody knows if you haven't already liked our page, find us on Facebook, Brothers In Law, B-R-U-T-H-A-S-N-L-A-W. Uh, be sure to post. Be sure to comment. Uh, be sure to also comment to iTunes and the great people at SoundCloud to let them know how much you enjoy the podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Our our network here is expanding exponentially. Uh, so thank you all for listening and for continuing to be with us uh, as as we move forward. I wish that we were able to get to a point where we didn't have to talk about policing every other episode, but unfortunately. That's the way that this came about. And that's the way that this continues until we can see substantial change uh, in society. And we're hoping that we're dropping some nuggets for you to be able to take back to your own respective areas. And the question, what's happening to the black people in your community and how can you exercise uh, your allyship to help you know encourage anti-racism and help equalize the playing field? So if we are able to do that, great. Um, there's going to be a 4th of July. Not everybody celebrates that. I understand, but because I'm trying to get a new sponsor, I do want to shout out uncle nearest, uh, uncle nearest. I did buy a bottle to celebrate. Uh, and so, um, uncle nearest if anybody who's a representative of that company, uh, wants to, uh, send us some bottles or, or money preferably, uh, to sponsor. uh I don't mind. You could be my uncle nearest. So we'll, we'll go from there.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much everyone. We will see you next time or actually hear from you uh next time. And until then, understand and remember if you hear from the police that I committed suicide uh by hanging myself, that's a damn lie. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I hold rope, I'm scared of heights, you know what to do. All right, mesquite all over the place. Mesquite, right? Everybody, we'll see you next time.